Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar. Your host with me today is Benny Bash. Uh, you can catch him every weekday from 9 to 11 a.m. <laughs> He's sitting there laughing at me. What's that about? No, yeah, absolutely. Catch us for a little pop culture and also some sports. Right, right. Uh, Your show follows uh, my show. We're right before there in the morning on the weekdays. You're laughing at me already. Uh, Benny, uh, you played baseball for a very long time as well, so I'm looking forward to talking to you about this. As we record this, a little less cheery than the one I recorded earlier in the week where the Rockies were coming off a six-game winning streak, but now they have lost two in a row. They lost the finale of their abbreviated two-game series with the Angels, and then they lose the opener of their series with the Brewers. And they do it in, well, remarkably similar fashion. Bad pitching from the get-go, not a lot of hitting, uh, much blame to go all around in this team. It's amazing they can win six in a row and then for a couple days just look completely rudderless. Yeah, and and you look at the team and everybody's talking about how top-heavy they are and how the bottom half of the lineup, you just don't quite know what to do with it. I saw... Somebody talked about this yesterday. They said, Coors Field, one of the most beautiful places on earth. Come for the come for the scenery and stay for the men left on base. And that's you know, that that's kind of been the story of the Colorado Rockies. However, usually when we're talking about the Colorado Rockies, I kind of want to put a positive spin on this. Usually when we're talking about the Colorado Rockies, they're like nine games out of first place. But this team isn't half bad. So you're kind of trying to squeeze this team a little bit if you're a fan or a media member or whatever. You're trying to squeeze this team to try and get a little bit more juice out of them because you can see what this team can be. And so, you know, used to we used to long for what the team wasn't. We would long for what these other teams are. Now you're focused on the team itself saying, you know what, they're better than this. And so I think that's at least a positive thing. Looking at the at the roster going, you know what? This, this isn't the Ian Desmond we know. This isn't the cargo we know. We know Trevor's story. You know He needs to work on some different things. We have David Dahl. What do you do with him? So you're talking about these parts and pieces going, you know what, they're better than this, and they'll figure it out. Same kind of thing with the pitching. Yeah, slow starts. Um, you know, it, A little bit more consistency, and then hand it over to that billion-dollar bullpen out there. Yeah, and $106 million in the offseason spent on that bullpen. And for the Rockies, you bring up a good point. I mean, they look to be scuffling for the most part. Besides that little six-game win streak, they look like they've just kind of been treading water. On the bright side for the Rockies fans who have been long-suffering in this case, treading water, we talk about this kind of thing for the Rockies, and we're talking they're, you know, 9-22 and 22 or something. Uh, in this case, they're still 21-17 and 17 as we record this today and in pretty good shape. Uh, they're, you know, three and a half out behind Arizona, but Arizona has the best record in the entire National League. So uh, it's, it's clustered, it's tight, but at the same time, the Rockies aren't exactly in a disaster position either. It seems like they have a few things to get right. Before we go much further, I want to make sure we thank our sponsors. Well, Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. When you're down at the Rockies game, they're just basically uh, just a few hop steps and a jump away from the home plate entrance at Coors Field. You get out there and enjoy the, the deck that they have, a tremendous rooftop experience right on Blake Street. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, and uh, Chef Andrea Varela does a beautiful job of making that uh, menu, which is so much locally sourced and everything. It's 
it's all Colorado, it's great. It's a perfect place for you to go before or after Rockies games or you know, like what I do, both, especially after watching games like this where it's uh, it's pretty frustrating because when the, the, the offense hasn't been there, the pitching in the last couple games hasn't been there either. Last night, Herman uh, Marquez, the very first pitch of the game is a home run until Lorenzo Kane, and it doesn't get much better. He managed to wriggle his way out of a few jams, but we're talking about in the last couple games from Anderson and then Marquez way too many balls way too many times you're behind in the count uh, the last time I had talked about this with Doug Ottawa earlier we had talked about how John Gray in some ways was throwing too many strikes at times sure. making it easier for him to hit but in this case the Rockies uh, not only Marquez not only Anderson but coming in late in last night's game Brian Shaw way too many balls the, the strike to ball ratio for too many pitchers on the staff is really bad well yeah when you when you start off every count at two and one three and one two and oh and that's that's what you're seeing from these guys is and that's what the contrast probably from last year to this year was they would start off in front of guys use their stuff to get out of it and and watch guys swing and miss or or swing at bad pitches and try and fight off two strike counts but you know it, batters they can tee off when it's when it's two and one when it's three and one all of a sudden you're looking for yours and remember the books out on these guys and so now all of a sudden you know what their go-to pitch is when it's three and one. You know what what's going what kind of what their their catalog of order is, so to speak. And so you're seeing a little bit of that too. I, you know, it, it could be. I, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to assume things. Sometimes Bud Black has has gotten to situations where pitchers end up in kind of a weary state a little before they even should be. Um, whether it's it's bottom half, whether it's leg tired, whether, I, I'm not sure what it is, but there has been a history of this over time. And we're only a quarter of the way through the season. You shouldn't be looking at this, but these are still young arms. These are still young guys. I wonder if maybe it's not some of that. I, I'm not certain. I don't want to jump to that conclusion, but you have seen that. There is some of that. I've talked about it before on this podcast or on air at Mile High Sports Radio that when you adjust into baseballs and you're a younger player, you find out very quickly, one, do you have the do you have the stuff, the ability, whether it's hitter or a pitcher, to stay in the league? You find that out rather quickly. Some guys, you find out that, okay, they're just not going to be able to play at this level. I think with the Rockies pitchers that are back in this rotation, they have the ability to play at this level. Yes. So now it becomes the fact that they were able to jump on a lot of teams and surprise them. They hadn't seen them, no familiarity. Now the league adjusts to them. The, the last stage in development for a, a young major leaguer is to adjust to the adjustments. And if you can do that successfully, then you feel pretty good about your chances as a major leaguer. I, I think you'll see that through through some of the players. You're seeing it right now, I think, through John Gray. But in Marquez's case, uh, this has been a jury still out. He was so good last year, maybe the Rockies' best starter. And, and this year it's really been... Uh, if not a disaster, closer than anyone would like. Pitchers are a lot of times they're like musicians where, you know, you had that hit song and you have the talent to be a successful musician, but you have to keep adding to that repertoire and coming out with new things and bettering yourself over time. You have to get that fourth pitch. <laughs> Basically, you have to get that that location pitch that you've been working on. And, and that's what you're seeing is these guys are going to have to grab. That's the difference with John Gray is a third pitch. You know, if John Gray is going to be ever a 1920 game winner or 
in this case, I'm not concerned about the 1920 games. I'm concerned about the pitch count. I I want to see innings eaten by John Gray. I want to see him constantly a seven game. You know, I don't even care about the win necessarily so much wins and losses. But yeah, you're gonna have to have those extra pitches, that extra repertoire. You're gonna have to learn to become a pitcher, not a hurdler. And you've seen those guys a, a thousand times. They were really good athletes and really good hurdlers, and they had stuff. Now learn how to be a pitcher. Yeah, the, yeah. the pitch, sequen- pitch sequencing is a big part of that. The ability to get ahead in the count is a lot of that, but the, that was something the Rockies haven't had the last couple of games. Uh, now they they face Milwaukee for the next three. They take, take them all the way through the Mother's Day holiday on Sunday, so you can break out the pink bats uh, on Sunday. Maybe that'll give them a little bit of luck. But let's look at that lineup, too, at the same time. Obviously, you're getting decent enough performances. Maybe not the, the best performance, but I don't think you can complain about the top of the order in LeMayhew and Blackman. Arenado, I think Arenado's been off to a great start. Uh, Blackman, the, maybe not as good as you'd hope. The power numbers are great, but the average is a little lower than you'd like. DJ LeMayhew looks like his regular self, even with a little bit of, of extra power. But the rest of the lineup after that, I mean, you're talking about David Dahl, who would be, it's great if he figures it all out, but right now he's also had 20 strikeouts in 50 at-bats and walked only only twice. Uh, and that gets away from talking about Trevor Story's challenges with the strikeout. We know that's a, a long-term problem. And uh, Ian Desmond, of course, has just been an, an abject disaster as a Colorado Rocky this year. Uh, I don't even know how he pulls himself out of it. So for the Rockies, you really have three reliable offensive players. And you know that every once in a while, uh, Story's going to pop a home run. But after that, the Rockies don't really have much of anything. And how do you build around that? Let me give you some comparables of just how bad the whole Desmond thing has gone. Okay, comparables of three guys who have hit in the lineup of their team that is as comparable to Desmond. Same playing time, same amount of innings, and same spots in the lineup, batting that fifth, sixth, seventh spot in those lineups. Ready? So you have Contreras with the Cubs. Okay, who right now is at 246 hitting, not a great average, but 326 on base percentage. Longoria for San Francisco. Okay, you can compare him. Similar situation. They brought Longoria in. What's he doing? What's he producing? 241 at 263 on base percentage. Not great. They're not happy with those guys either. Is is this is what I'm getting at? And then Dozier with the Twins, who's normally just on fire. They've moved him down. You know he's hitting lower uh, early and often now too. Dozier at 246 with 305 on base percentage. Okay. Ian Desmond right now is at 178 with a 219. Like that is it's shockingly bad. And the strikeout to walk ratio is 39 to five. Oh my goodness, that puckers you. That and. It puckers you, too, because this isn't the Ian. When I think of Ian Desmond, I think of this grizzled man who is able to play multiple positions, who's a baller. He's a ball player. Like, that, you see these type of guys, and they just look the part. They're Jim Edmonds. You know, they're those guys that can do just about anything. They'll, they'll grind it out if they have to. And right now, he's not even figuring out a way to get on base. And I, I wonder if it's not the, you know, because last year you could almost say, okay, it's the injury. He had to change his swing. He was batting the ball into the ground, which is the worst possible scenario in what is the new baseball, which drives me crazy. That's another podcast. But, uh, you know, and you said, okay, with the offseason, he'll come back. He'll be on the plane. That whole thing, it's not happening. It's just not happening. But the thing is, is everybody right now is crying to move him and do these different things with him. 
Move him where? Move him where? Who's going to do that? You have more outfielders than you know what to do with. If, if David Dahl is going to stay up, now you have Dahl and Para and Blackman and uh, Carlos Gonzalez still working his way in there. I mean, there's you, know, you have Noel Cuevas coming up, and he's been really good. He's an out, I mean, you have too many outfielders. Sure. Can't use him out there. Plus, the other complication about this with the Desmond is the Rockies don't have any other first baseman besides Ryan McMahon even close to the major league level, and they tried McMahon, and he simply wasn't ready. No, the isotopes right now are minus a man, too. I mean, as far as a first baseman goes, you don't have the organization just doesn't really have them. You don't really have them. And so it's kind of fallen into that that thing. of Desmond isn't one either, by the way. That's the other problem. Yeah, he's he's not a first baseman either. And you're wondering if that doesn't have some effect with the young pitching staff, too. I I mean, I don't want to to put on the, you know, the conspiracy hat right now, but that has an effect on young. Anything has an effect on young pictures. They're like horses that throw you off because they saw their own shadow, you know, um, Yes, and and that's becoming an issue. You're looking at Reynolds, by the way, landed. Where did he end up landing? He, he ended up landing somewhere just recently. So you're, you're looking at that, going, "Nope, that's that's." And that's not to fix anyway, because the truth is, by the end of the year, he was Mark, Mark Reynolds. Reynolds signed up, kind of looked like the Mark Reynolds of old, which is the guy that was the youngest member of the top ten strikeout in history club. So I'm not sure he was an answer either. This is a a tricky spot for the Rockies, and you're right. The problem is when you have all these sort of things, they all feed into one another. If you're a if you're a young pitcher, you're thinking, "Boy, okay, right now my guys aren't hitting. I need to go out there and see if I can open up maybe." one run in six innings now you're pitching tight now you make mistakes and, and you're in trouble and, and you have the, the offense you find yourself on the eight ball now you're now you come into the plate and everyone wants to hit a home run because they want to get them back into the game and, and it creates what you know the people in computer programming would call a cascade failure one thing breaks the other which breaks the other which breaks the other and now nothing works and i know we're only talking about two games the truth is the rockies have won six of their last eight dipping in some linux huh but the yeah but the way that uh it's a podcast it's all on computer but the 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 problem that the rockies have had is these kind of losses we've seen too many times already over the course of the season and that kind of inconsistency over the course of an entire season is going to doom this team if they don't find a way to get it right you have three pitchers right now that have a better batting average than Ian Desmond okay and if i'm one of those three pitchers you're probably complaining right now and so you know where does that start to where does the levy kind of start to crack and break a little bit now you know, one thing about it is we're we are only a quarter of the way through. I want to spin this positive. The Rockies are doing, you know, they're fine as far as their record goes. They've been able to do some things. But here here comes a Brewers team, which I think this series is going to be interesting because the this Brewers team is very young, very talented with youth. The Rockies actually are probably the older team of the two when comparing the two teams together. And you look at that and you say, this is the game that you should be like, we're one or two years ahead of you. We're going to get our team right. You guys are still the struggling team. I don't know if that's how this how this whole thing's going to, to come out because the Brewers, I mean, they're, they're a team that is almost rebuilding like the Houston Astros where they've compiled all these, these young stars, these young guys, these young arms, and they're proving to be very, very deep in all the organizations. As you know, the Sky Sox down in Colorado Springs, they're doing incredibly well because they have some of these young guys that are going up and down, back and forth. This this is going to be a proving ground. Who are you, Colorado Rockies? Because you should be winning three to one, three to two, four to one. You should be dominating these games. And most certainly in your own park. 
100%. And the Rockies still have a losing record in their own park, which is just remarkable to me. And that, that leads into the, you're right, it's another podcast. You and I will have to sit and do it again. One of them. Whatever. It better be about a three-hour podcast with the way we'd vent on the way that teams approach sure. their bats nowadays. But the Rockies, in particular, are probably the worst team in the league to do that because their park is so conducive to doubles and gaps that it's more important. If you really want to get into the analytics, talk about launch angles all you want, you can talk about a particular stat called Just BABIP, the, batting the, average with balls in play. Hit the ball. Right. Put the ball in play. Good things can happen on balls in play. The only thing you can't do is give away an out and strike out. And the Rockies strike out 10 times a game. You saw it against the Cubs. The Rockies were at their best when Para and Desmond were slapping the ball the other direction. They weren't. They were throwing their hands in the zone. They weren't worrying about anything. They were going base to base, duck to duck. Okay, and they were and they were just man on man on man on man on. Eat innings, eat arms, eat pitches, and fight it off. None of this Trevor story. I want to go Yahtzee or nothing at all. They were doing just fine with that, and then boom. You end up with this last game, and you say, and the Rockies just struck out again without even looking at the TV. I can predict it, you know, just by knowing what's going on. So it, it, it it's incredibly frustrating. You mentioned Cuevas. What do you do with this? What do you do with the kid? Well, that- I think right now when your team is playing so poorly, you you try him. You try to spark the lineup and do something. He's figuring out a way to get on, and, and that's all I care about right now is just get on. If you're the lower part of this lineup – Fight pitches, get on, and be top heavy. That's fine, but when the top heavy comes, make it pay off. So, what do you you put him at eight? You put him at, at you probably have to put your catcher there, but you put him at seven. You you do something to to extend those innings, and then when Blackman comes up, it's not just one run. Right. Yeah. Make it pay off. The the interesting part of, of watching this team's approach, and I wonder, in your opinion here, how much can the manager and the coaching staff do? Because we're we're seeing the same type of problems. You almost want to t- sit all these guys down and say, hey, fellas, look, seven of you in this lineup are strong enough that occasionally you're going to catch one and it's going to carry out. So don't worry about that. We're going to get our home runs. They're going to come. Stop trying to hit them. Trying to make sure our home runs aren't solo shots, but they're three-run homers. That's one of the problems the Rockies have had is they can't put up those big innings because they just don't string enough hits together to actually have someone uh, score because um, so many of their home runs are solo shots because they just haven't been able to keep men on base. The problem is is these kids have been doing this since they were 10. That's, I mean, I, I call them kids. They're now all younger than us, which makes me sad. But uh, Yeah, it only gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> so these, ki- these kids... They, uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Story's been hitting like this since he was nine years old. And so in order for, you know, a manager to come up to him and say, we need you to change your swing, good luck with that. I mean, you are who you are it's by now. It's not the swing so much as the approach, I think. But though. you can change the approach. Right. But you can go up there and you can say, listen, fight off one early on, okay? Stop with the, you know, or... Or, you know, try, and, try and, and slap one to the other side. Don't change your swing so much as, you know, look at the pitches differently. Right. Look at different pitches. Look you watch Trevor pitches. Story, for example, and he had a home run last night for, for the Rockies. But Trevor Story, for the last two years, you've pretty much known, you know, I, I don't need to have a scouting book on him to realize, okay, if you have him 0-2, throw him a, a tailing slider to the outside. outside. He'll swing at it every single time. Yep. And you that's that's not a swing problem. That's an approach problem. And you have to find a way to sit down with them and say, look, you know, when you see those things dipping below this part of your eye line, I need you to leave it alone. 
Don't go after it. They're trying to make you fish. And you know what? If you take a strike, even if it's a strike three, we'll live with that. But you need to go ahead and see more pitches so you can catch the one that's better for you. I, I, they, they, they can train an eye sometimes. They, quitting on the pitch. Okay, so you know this just as well as anybody is, is sometimes you're sitting there and, you know, that that batting coach is is telling them, throw it in the same place, throw it in the same place. And basically what you're doing is you're basically training the dog to not eat that dog bone until I tell you to. And so that's basically what he has to do. He has to change his approach. He has to say, you know what? Yeah, we'll live with you watching that ball on the outside half because when you swing it, 100% of the time you're missing, so give us 25% of the time that it's a ball, and we'll take that because at that at this point, it's a math thing. The math is bad with you swinging at that pitch. Let's, let's fix it and just say forget that pitch. Make the pitcher come to you. The plate is this wide, okay? It's, it's, it's not that the pitcher has to pitch that ball there, okay? So the, the, the difference in it is distance. So if – if you're if you're trained with the with with giving up on that pitch with with forgetting that you talked about eye level and all those things, yes, and and you can do those things. The problem is is with 162 games in the season, how much time can you really work on that stuff? That that's one of the challenges, and some of these things are are, are fundamentals. And so the fact you know that where the, you work on that stuff, yeah, you work on spring training in spring training or in the off season or in the off season or. For the in, isotopes. Yeah, in the minor leagues. And that's not going to happen with some of these guys. No. And I don't know if you can have it happen with Ian Desmond because we talked about it. There's no other option. You know, I don't know if you really want to have it happen with Trevor Story either. No other option. So it's a, it's a interesting spot the Rockies find themselves in because it sounds like we're tearing them down. The truth is they're actually in pretty good shape. Doing but great. the frustration is that you can watch this team and understand that they can be better and they probably should be better. We'll find out at this weekend if they find a way to do it. Three more against Milwaukee as we record this on Friday night. Chad Bettis, who's been the Rockies' best pitcher by a, a wide margin, even though by today's standards he's barely getting it done. You know, with the stone knives and bearskins, given his arsenal on the on the mound. You know, he's pretty much just uh, throwing 89 mile yeah. per fastballs up there, Greg Maddox style, just having to paint it. But yeah, I think the Rockies have the advantage uh, there in that matchup against Woodruff. Then Saturday, Kyle Freeland off of a very, very good start against uh, the Mets opposite Noah Syndergaard. We'll take the mound, and then John Gray, who has had the best three back-to-back starts of his career by a wide margin, will finish up on Mother's Day. Uh, the Rockies, for this homestand, they have to win all three of these for you to feel comfortable, or is two okay? Two's fine. Win, win series, and I'm okay with you for the rest of the year. I don't care who you're playing against. If you win a series, I'm fine with it. it and, and two would get them a split in this case. You have a four game. You have one, a four just game. Like they did with the Angels. Give me two. I'm I'm okay with that. It, part of it is like I said with this young Brewers team that's very very young, very very talented. Um, it, you kind of have to show that you're the big brother in this situation and just say, listen, we're a better team than you right now, and and we're we're ahead of the pace a little bit more than what you guys are. So yeah, if they if they end up with two. But here's the thing I don't want to see. I don't want to see a 10-2 loss. That's what I don't want to see. If they're in games, I'm I'm happy with it. I don't want to see a game 
that they throw the hat in and they say, yep, and then the Brewers get theirs. Yeah. I don't want to see that. Outscored in their last two, 13 to two right. in total. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that can't happen. You need to generate more runs, especially at Coors Field. Yeah. And you need to find a way to, to pitch better as well. The Rockies at least have maybe the three guys that are pitching the best coming up over the next three days. When we come back next week, we'll take a look at this Milwaukee series. We'll have an opportunity then to preview a, a long road trip for the Rockies in which they will tour everybody else in the NL West. So a big stretch coming up. Uh, the Rockies need to get a couple in right here while they can because it's going to be pretty nasty for the rest of the month of May. Uh, you can follow Benny at the Benny Bash on Twitter. You can make sure you can catch his program on Mile High Sports Radio or even if you want to catch it live on the Mile High Sports app, you can do that as well. It's free in, in whatever app store your mobile device uh, has, whether you can, it's Apple or Android or who knows what. You can get it on there and you can listen to those streaming live even if you're not within the, the Denver area. So you can catch Benny then from 9 to 11 locally here in Denver right after my 7 to 9 a.m. show. And uh, hopefully we get to do this a few more times uh, over the course of the season as well. Yeah, I absolutely love to. Th this is fantastic. Talking sports is neat. Yeah, well, well we can't. The truth <laughs> of the matter is... We can't do uh, we, we can't talk about pitch sequences on live radio. Right, Everyone right. just kind of, you know, we start sounding like the uh, the characters in the Peanuts cartoons. We just sound like the trombone to the people uh, driving in their cars. So we can get this one a little bit dedicated here. Want to thank our sponsors, Tap Fourteen again. Tap Fourteen, nineteen twenty Blake Street, just catty corner of Coors Field. Uh, terrific, terrific place to go. It's my favorite spot in town. Has been hey, long before they sponsored it. I think they they saw me there enough times over the years. They're like, what are you doing? Should we just you know, make this a little more formalized. Nice. So that's, that's why we were there. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it, just, it works out pretty nicely. But now that the uh, Colorado summer's coming, it's been it's been pretty beautiful. Uh, it's a great place to go. All Colorado style, all the, all the wood, the decor, 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits. The food's all locally sourced. You want to check them out, go to tap14.com. Spell it out, tap14.com. For Benny Bash, my name's Sean Drotar. This is the Blake Street Irregulars on Mile High Sports. Thanks for listening.